with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by Midwestern University Clinics in Glendale. Faculty and graduate student-led comprehensive health care. Visit MWUClinics.com to schedule an appointment. Tuesday, and basketball season starts tonight, Wolf. It starts for the Phoenix Suns tomorrow night, but there are two games tonight, Celtics Sixers and Lakers Warriors. We get to see Russell Westbrook and Pat Bev argue on the court. You should do that for all 82 Warriors games. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. Come out and play. So here we go. We're going to now do, uh, it's, it's Tuesday, so we're doing Suns three-pointer as we're going to do every Tuesday throughout the season. Wolf, are you okay. ready to begin? Yeah, I am, as a matter of fact. All right, let's do this. Whammo! Seven, Booker, and one. All right, this week, Wolf, it's, uh, what are you looking for when the Suns open the season tomorrow night? Yes. That's the way, it, that's the question that is being posed, okay? Three that's a good things one. we're each looking for. So because that's the way it's being po- uh, posed, number one for me, what I'm looking for, vengeance <laughs> is what I'm looking for. A small bit like of vengeance. It. It's not like you're going to eliminate the Mavericks in the first game of the season, but it would be nice. And I, I said this to you last week. I haven't decided yet. Do I want the Suns to win by 53 points or do I want Dallas to be leading all game and then Cam Johnson to hit like a 70 footer at the buzzer for the Suns to win by one? Okay, that is great right there. A little myopic if you ask me, Luke, but I'm going to go my first point of Suns three pointer, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton. Will we see a different DeAndre Ayton? Or will we continue to see the finger roll as opposed to the throwdown under the basket? DA said, just dominance, man. Just taking it every day. Doing what everybody expects. Just taking over and controlling the game. Will we see DA tap into the rage tree? That's the first thing I'm going to be looking for. That's back 14 footer is two points dynamite All right, number two for me, Wolf. I'm not going to say D.A. I'm not going to steal your answer. I'm going to go with Cam Johnson, the guy we were just talking about. And it doesn't have to be one player you're watching, but uh, I think in those two players' cases, it makes a lot of sense. Look, it's Cam's first first official. I mean, he started games before, but this is like his first, like, you're the starter now. Game one, here you go. And uh, there is a lot on the line. It's the opener. You're at home and you're playing the team that embarrassed you to end last season. So there's, um, there's some pressure on Cam Johnson. I think that pressure is going to be there all season, and I want to see how he responds in the opener with everybody watching. Okay, that's a good one right there, Luke. Um, You stole one of mine, but that's okay. Uh, My second point of Suns three-pointer is how does the bench play? And how does it work? Who's the first man off the bench? And how does Monty manage the bench? The bench and the development of the bench could easily, of course, determine how far this team goes in the playoffs. Because I assume they're going to be a playoff team. Jay Crowder appears to be gone. And that doesn't help this team get better on paper in any way, shape, or form. Somebody needs to fill his shoes. And that's the huge question mark going forward. That's my second point of Suns three-pointer. Three-pointer, Shazam! That's just showing off on the field. Right. All right, my third one, Wolf. 
typically you know what you're going to get from this guy, but just because of the way last the last season ended, I I just would like to see Chris Paul look like Chris Paul on the same court as the Dallas Mavericks. Because for the end of that series, and, and I would honestly say, as much as we all talk about the meltdown in Game 7 by the team, and really it was a meltdown in Game 6 and Game 7 by the team, Chris Paul didn't look like Chris Paul after Game 2. So I just want to see Chris Paul go out there and look like Chris Paul, the guy that we've all known for the better part of two decades against the Dallas Mavericks tomorrow night. That's a good one right there, no doubt. Yeah, I like your son's three-pointer right Thank now. You. I like the way it's, it's going. It's a good start to the year. Um, okay, my third point of son's three-pointer has got to be, how does Cam Johnson respond to not being offered an extension? That's big. Ooh, twist. I mean, honestly, listen, this guy has gotten better every year. His defense continues to be a plus. He shoots the three extremely well. He can put the ball on the floor and take it to the hole. He is the positionless player in the NBA. And he's, you know what, honestly, getting better and better and better. Let's see how he responds mentally in his soul to what has transpired this entire offseason, including not being able to work out an extension. That's my third point. Sun's three-pointer. See the shots that I took wet like a book. I just want to be clear, though, of my three, the most important one is vengeance. That's why it was number one. <laughs> the way you said that just cracked me up. Vengeance. <laughs> yes, I need vengeance. I've been waiting five, over five months now. It's been over five months. We've all been waiting for this vengeance. Uh, See, I went, I, I went much bigger picture. You you were yeah. myopic. You got you got locked into the Dallas Mavericks yes. thing. Let's get know. this out of the way first. Yeah, Let's get right. some vengeance on Dallas, in. and yeah. then we can free up our minds to focus yeah. on other things. Um, while we were talking, did you see? Vengeance. I, I, <laughs> the, um, the, they were showing the, the video footage of Draymond Green beating up Jordan Poole, or not beating him up, but trying to. That was um, it's interesting. It's an interesting start to the year for Golden State. Yeah. I feel like I'm saying the word interesting a lot today. I'm very yeah. interested. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> interesting in the sense that you may as well have just handed Jordan Poole his contract because that's what's going to happen. You know what's interesting yeah. um, oh, no, about that right, right now? It's just the fact that what do you think he did to him? I mean, you said trying to beat him up. What, what's your definition of beating well, somebody well, up? Just because people got in, in there. Well, he, he decked him. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah, I guess That's I guess kind of... Did. I guess, yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, I'm just yeah. saying. You've been in a few boot parades. Yeah. I know hockey that. Hockey fights always, like, they kind of, you know, somebody wins, but they don't usually get two. Yeah, sometimes all it up. takes is one. Yeah. Just one punch. Well, I guess it depends who you're fighting in a hockey game, but uh, yeah, generally, mo- the majority kind of the majorities are scored on points unless you're. Yeah, but I'm saying, have, yeah. you, have you seen somebody out? You know what I yeah. mean? Out, out about, that to me, it, that could have been anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that was not a basketball fight. That was that was anywhere. That didn't look like two teammates. No, did it? I no. mean, we've all seen did not. We've all seen teammates kind of get into it, and like what Jordan Poole did at the beginning, where he shoved Draymond Green. Like that stuff happens all the time at practice. That. That didn't look like two teammates when what Draymond did. No, here's the one thing you always have to remember, especially if you're in a team environment and you get into some type of dust up like that, you never cheap shot a guy. And I thought that was a cheap shot from Draymond. Can you imagine if Jordan Poole was hurt because of that and they'd start the season without Jordan Poole? He brought that he brought that fist up from his waist. Yeah. Oh, it is Draymond Green. 
We're going primetime this week, and we're giving you the chance to win tickets to both the Suns home opener this Wednesday and Thursday night football on Thursday. Just text primetime to 620-620 and listen for your name all day. Plus, one lucky winner each day is going to win their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or a DeAndre Hopkins jersey. So text primetime to 620-620. All right, Wolf, I'm going to say this, too. Is Thursday a must-win for the Arizona Cardinals? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Updates from the Cardinals. I got two actually here for you, Wolf. Okay. I know you know the first one. You might know the second one, but I hope you don't know the second one yet. First of all, Cardinals announcing that the team has designated offensive lineman Cody Ford to return from the injured reserve list. All right, here we go, Cody. Here we go, Cody Ford. The mirror image of Will Hernandez, for the most part. I'm Line telling both up oh, right there. man, you got some dudes who have a little girth. Some butt guts, indeed. So this is how it works with the Cardinals this year. You, you trade for a guy, you bring him in, he yep. immediately gets hurt, he misses like six, seven, eight weeks, and then he's ready to come back just in time for the other guy who gets hurt because everybody has to be hurt at all times this year. Or at least you have okay. somebody now. You bring Cody Ford in. Listen, I detect a little sarcasm. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Right okay. I mean, all the, all the stuff we talked about yesterday, all the stuff that people are frustrated with, that's all legit. But I, I, on top of all that, everybody being hurt every week is kind of annoying too. Here's the, uh, the other move that they made. In the press release, it says, in addition, the team has signed kicker Rodrigo Blankenship and linebacker Blake Lynch to the practice squad. Okay. Um, Does that mean Rodrigo Blankenship is kicking for the Cardinals in two days? Oh, man, it could. It could. Maybe you're going to bring him in and maybe as a safety valve, if in fact Matt Prater is not able to go, you could elevate Blankenship, of course. And um, yeah, let's hope that's a safety net, a precaution. Um, because obviously they came to the understanding that there's no way you're going to run Amendola out there again, not after what happened in that game. So um, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Take it, the safer out. It does, and I, I don't know Blankenship's complete story. Obviously something happened. 2020 with the Colts as a rookie? Yeah. He was... These were his field goal numbers, okay? Remember, Matt Amendola, I'm not trying to pile on, but Matt Amendola was two of nine career from 40 or longer. Yes. Okay? This is Rodrigo Blankenship in 2020 as a rookie. Uh, 29 yards or less, 10 for 10. 30 to 39, 12 for 13. 40 to 49, 9 for 11. 50 plus, 1 for 3. Overall, 32 for 37 on field goals. That's an NFL kicker. Okay. So... 2020 was the only year? No, 2021, he only kicked in five games, and he was 11 for 14. I mean, he's still 5 of 6 from 40 to 49. Like, his numbers are much better. This year, he only kicked one game, 2 for 3. For his career, he's 45 for 54, about an 83, 84% kicker. And again, that 40 to 49 range where the Cardinals were hesitant to kick from, he's 15 of 19 career. Man. It's a lot better. No, that is a lot better right there, but immediately I think, what, what, what's wrong? Why is Blankenship not in the league? What, what, those numbers are not bad, and immediately the first thing you think of is maybe his leg strength is a little bit of a question mark. 
Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, but he's at least hitting the kicks from 40 to 49 yards. But can he kick off? Do you know what it is? No, no, I understand what you're saying. Right, okay. Eno can kick off. Rodrigo can kick the field. (laughs) Not only can Eno kick off, which is the greatest thing ever, he can run down the field and make the tackle. Look, I got the solution for you. Have Eno kick off. Have the other 10... What is it? Transitional tacticians? technicians. Oh, technicians. technicians okay. Yes. They can take that play off because he's going to make the tackle anyway. <laughs> so get them a little bit of rest. And then when the offense gets the ball, if they stall, you have Blankenship come in and kick Still the Still one goals. of the greatest things I've ever seen on a football That's... field. That is pure legend based on You don't understand that. If you're listening right now, you don't understand how legendary that is. You is the kicker. You kick off. You're the first guy down the field after you kicked off. And you hammer the dude? <laughs> That's the thing. When a kicker makes a tackle, it's usually because the guy has gotten through everybody. And the kicker's like, oh, and he just falls in front of him. Eno was first guy was down the, the field. was the first guy down the field after he kicked off and then hammered the dude. That was the um, most proud I've been of Sun Devil football in a few years. I got to tell you right now, that's pure legend, and nobody will ever be able to take that moment from Eno Benjamin. Uh-uh. Well, they said they said he uh, he'll do anything they ask. Now he's out of the doghouse. Apparently, that meant everything. That meant kicking off and making tackles. Anyway, something to keep an eye on. I I would assume they're still holding out hope that Matt Prater's back. What happened to Matt Prater? Yeah, well, you know, if he he got it, they said hip. If if it's a hip flexor, I mean, that happens. I know. You pull your hip flexor. Have you ever pulled your hip flexor? Dude. And I've never kicked in the NFL either. Anyone here pulled their hip flexor? Go ahead and raise your hand right now. Okay. What? Pixie down. How has everybody done this? Okay, the, the, the pain, man. I mean, you try to lift your leg. The pain is bad. Of course, blue juice takes it away. Yeah, you'll be fine for a game. Do you need to maybe be able to, two, to lift your leg as a kicker? Maybe three, but if you're a kicker, it's probably not going to work. You see Dustin Hopkins last night hitting those kicks against the Broncos and then just falling after each one because he was so hurt? <laughs> I tell you, that felt like a slap in the face. I'm like, this this team's kicker can't even stand and he's hitting four field goals. Like, what's going on? Um, Come on now, Dustin. Is that really happening? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, really? Is that really going on? Or was that a safety net? He should have really know. played it up. He should have crawled I, out I, onto the field. Immediately. Had, his, had the holder some lift weird, him up. weird, weird stuff, man. <laughs> it's it's amazing the way somebody gets hurt. Oh, my goodness, my hamstring. What? Lords Taylor? What? You don't think I wanted to block Lords Taylor? <laughs> Been looking forward to this you know, my I'm whole just, life. Just saying, you know, sometimes you need a. Well, there's a reason why. There's a lot of kickers who are like that, too, by the way. They need a reason why they missed that kick. There's always a reason. The best kickers in the league will tell you, I just missed it. I just missed it. Well, Justin Tucker, when he misses one every eight years. Yeah. He missed missed a 56-yarder on Sunday that hit the upright, and everybody was freaking out. Like, is he losing it? Yes. The best kickers, they just admit it, man. I, I just missed it, period. And then there's... The kickers that are in question, where they're always, there was a reason. Well, you know what, Tom? Honestly, my foot just wasn't. Yeah, we're always a hey, final equinox. Hey, sometimes you just miss it, man. That's the way it goes for the life of a kicker. The uh, moon patterns. So, um, it's going to be important to have your kicker on Thursday night. I don't even know if that's a thing. 
Most of these Thursday night games, honestly, most of these primetime games, like you just said, you've seen a lot of weird things on the football field. Well, yeah. I have too. They've all involved the Broncos this year. Every Broncos game is just weird this year. But most primetime games, and especially most Thursday night games, tend to be kind of lower scoring and ugly, and that tends to be when you need your kicker to be at the top of his game. We don't even know who the Cardinals kicker is yet, whether it's Prater or uh, or Blankenship. I, I don't know. I mean, you... <laughs> they, this, they've basically been playing without that position for two weeks. Yeah. They can't do that anymore. Yeah, you know, it, I, I understand, too, the Arizona Cardinals right now, uh, Thursday night game, thank goodness they're playing at home. Um, they're all banged up, just like the New Orleans Saints are all banged up. Um, thank goodness, though, they're at home right now. And yet, at, at the same time, two and four. Two and four, and it just... You know me. I, it's it's never a must win, ladies and gentlemen. It's never a must win until it is a must win. The Arizona Cardinals could lose this, then just go on and and rip off eight in a row. The problem is, it just doesn't feel that way right now. No, this this feels like a must win, and yet I know I reject myself in front of King and Country for saying that. I, well, I I get what you're saying in the sense of if they lose, they're two and five. I don't expect you to come in here on Friday and be like, they're done. They're two and five. Mathematically, you're far from done. I, I get that. But you just said it. They don't look like a team right now that can string two offensive drives together, let alone eight straight wins. And if you get the two and five, what, you figure, okay, you got 10 games left at that point. You probably need to win eight of the 10 to make the playoffs. You might be able to get away going seven and three. You're probably right. But I think it's even more than the math, Wolf. I think that. If you lose this game on Thursday night with the way things have been trending, you really start to to it's going to get ugly quickly. You saw how ugly it got yesterday just after the loss to Seattle. If you then lose again four days later and it's, yeah. and it's a bad look again, there's that. But then there's also what you have on Thursday is the one thing everybody that is remaining optimistic about the Cardinals has been pointing to. DeAndre Hopkins comes back in week seven. So if he comes back. And, and, and the offense looks bad and they lose to a beat-up Saints team, it's just going to feel like it's over. To a lot of people, it already feels like it's yeah. over. And I, I, I think that's a little premature. If you win, you're 3-4, and four, you're a game out of first. You might even be tied for first in the NFC West, depending what happens. Yeah, and the Saints are all banged up, too, just like the Cardinals are all banged up. But Marcus Lattimore, who I think yeah. is their best, the best of the best in that secondary, um, he looks like he's out. He's done. He's not going to play, and that'd be huge for the Cardinals if D Hop is ready to go. Yeah, if you're if you're doing sports radio in New Orleans right now, you're looking and saying, "Okay, Marshawn Lattimore's out. DeAndre Hopkins is back. <laughs> this is bad news for us to start this game, and that's good. Somebody that somebody else has to get bad news in a Cardinals game, not the Cardinals for a while." Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. We come back. How is Da approaching this upcoming Sun season? Well, you'll hear from him next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Basketball season starts tonight. I'm I'm very, look, I get, Wolf, that Celtics-Sixers is probably the better game. But in Lakers-Warriors, you have two teams where the players fight with each other. Because you've got Golden State with Draymond Green and, and Jordan Poole, and then the Lakers. <laughs> Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly, you saw the clip yet, yes. last week, right? Where he wouldn't yes. even go into the huddle with them. Yes. <laughs> tried, to, tried to explain it afterwards to just stop. 
Just stop talking about it. We could see it while we were doing, I think it was the show on Friday on this TV, and obviously no sound, but it was, it was the Lakers gathering to like huddle up yeah. during one of their preseason games, and Russ is just like, no, I'm, I'm good. Just such a lack of respect right there. Yeah. That's what that tells me. They don't respect now, now each other. Now, why, once again, two. yeah, exactly. Why that is, what has transpired, I have no idea, but I will tell you, it was just a complete lack of respect. And then you saw Anthony Davis like, come on, guys, everybody get together. He's probably like, I'm, I'm actually playing. Could we huddle up? But uh, no. So the Lakers will be interesting this year. They'll be fun. That's another thing that's interesting. They'll be fun unless you're a Lakers fan. Everything's interesting. Yeah, I'm really interested in a lot of things today. Here's DeAndre Ayton uh, from yesterday talking about a different mindset, maybe, entering this game after what happened last year. We're coming in the same mindset as every opponent. Um, not too high, not too low. Um, we're just coming to play hard and Make sure we get better. With all due respect to DeAndre Ayton, I don't doubt that he is coming in with that mindset. Yeah. You're telling me Devin Booker doesn't want to beat Dallas specifically tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah, you know, this is... DA says some very, very interesting things. Uh, I think, first of all, everything he says is truly what he believes. Truly sincere. No, I, I think he feels that way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I do. But at the same time, um, there's a lot of things that he says. That <laughs> I just, I wish he felt differently. Can I just say that? <laughs> and I love DA. You know I do. Yeah, no, you I, do. He's a coachable guy. I love his attitude. I love his positivity. I do, you know. Um, yeah, maybe, you know what, you maybe ought to tap in just a little bit. And I understand the idea of saying, you know, not too high and not too low. I, I do. I, I, man, I understand that. Chris Paul can say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We want you to be too high. We want you to be like, we want, we want the game to start and they have to restrain you, know, you just, as you're running out on the floor. Just come in and play hard and make sure you get better. Yeah. You know what? I, I understand that. But sometimes, D, sometimes, DA, you got to challenge yourself. You, you do. You got to challenge yourself um, to go out and and make sure that you're giving everything you've got. You got to challenge yourself, and sometimes you do get a little high when you do that. Don't be afraid of getting too you know too high. That you know, hey, listen, uh, what too high in intensity? You, you can't, in my opinion, be too high. Now, again, I'm, I don't know about eighty-two games. Okay, I'm not saying that. Yeah. At some point, but game one? Game one against the team that embarrassed way, you? It's a good place to start. I think I know what you wanted to hear DA say. Okay, so you be the reporter. You ask me what I want from this game. Okay, I'll be DA. Okay, listen, DeAndre, you're playing the Dallas Mavericks. What, what, is, your, what is your mindset going into this game? Vengeance. <laughs> That's what you wanted to hear from DA. Okay. Yeah. It's not bad, Luke. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably pretty good. Luke said that earlier, of course. Thank you. Call back. I assume everybody's just sitting down next to the radio listening to four straight hours. So okay. you get that reference from earlier in the show. Great. Uh, more from DA. Uh, the goal is to be dominant this season and live up to expectations. Just dominance, man. Just taking, just taking everything. Just doing what everybody expected. Um, you know, just. Just being that, that demonstrative dude, you know, just taking over and just, you know, controlling the game when I'm in it. Okay, two things. What? One, I just like the, only DA could pull that off. But what do you want, DA? Yeah, you know, just dominance. You know, just dominance, like it's a casual thing. Like dominance is like, Man. yeah, it's like um, maybe some dominance. And then are you stopping at the store? Could you pick up some food? And then also dominance of the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> 
It's just the way he like throws it in there. But the other thing is, he said, let's be dominant and live up to the expectations. I'm not trying to nitpick here, but the national expectations of the Suns are not dominance. The national expectations of the Suns are not bad, but they are a lot lower than my expectations are for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, you know, once again, um, I am a fan of DeAndre Ayton, and I, I am just rooting for this guy because I am a fan of the person that he is. But once again, the first thing I thought of when I read that was, what? I did not hear that. Can I hear that again one more time from DeAndre Ayton? Just dominance, man. Just taking it. Just taking everything. Just doing what everybody expected. Um, you know, just, just being that uh, demonstrative dude. You know, just taking over and just, you know, controlling the game when I'm in there. Doing what everybody expects. What do they expect, D.A.? What are their expectations for you? What, what did they say? What have they said to you? And why are you wanting to please others? What, why, why is that? Why not yourself? Why not play to your standard and not their standard? This is what DA has got to find. Based on audience, I'm here to tell you right now, when he does... If this light bulb goes off in the shed when he real, it's not about what their expectation is. It's about what your expectation is, DA. What is your expectation? What is yours? No, no, not anyone else. Do you know what this kid has dealt with his entire life? How many other people have thrown expectations on him because of his unbelievable gifts, because of his athletic freakdom? It's always been on him. DA, it doesn't matter about them. What is your expect? What are you going to do about it? Not their expectations, your expectations. Man, I, okay, I, I realize I went a little deep on that one. I did, but I'm, I'm just going to do what everyone expects of me. Well, You know what? If you tell me that's the case, no wonder why you're inconsistent. No wonder why. Because you're doing it to please other people. You're going to be up and down. Listen, being a human being is about failure, DA. Every day of your life, pick me first about the failures in my life. Oh, my goodness. Just a mess. Don't worry about anyone else's expectation, man. What is your expectation? You have to own your play, DA. You have to own it. Man, if he makes that paradigm shift inside his brain, this this guy's going to be your opponent's worst nightmare. That, um, I agree with everything you just said, except that would be the worst draft ever, the failure draft. That would be the worst, <laughs> be the most depressing draft you could possibly have. I want to get to this real quick, too. One more from DA, because this is the part of the game tomorrow, Wolf, I don't like. JaVale McGee in a Mavericks uniform. It's going to be fun. Um, you know, we both know we can do well. Um, yeah, it should be fun, man. Uh, there should be a lot of jokes and laughs after the game. But during the game, I'm not sure we will be in. Yeah, I've got more DA audio I want to play later in the show. Well, yeah, but, of course. Uh, I wanted to get that one in there just because there's just the reminder that the Suns are going up against JaVale McGee tomorrow night. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that JaVale McGee was Steve Nash or he's Devin Booker. Like he was, he was not here very long. I get that. Right. He, he was, he was a role player off the bat. But man, 
He was part of that team's soul last year. And I don't, it, it, fine if he's got to go, not to Dallas. If, if it's somebody on the Suns I like, this should be a rule. If it's somebody on the Suns that I like and they leave, they have to go to Orlando. It's the farthest possible. Yeah. It just feels like who who could never hurt the Suns? Orlando. What's right. Orlando going to do? They're yes. just Orlando over there. So the fact that not only is he on Dallas, but that's who the Suns play in the opener is um, that's another storyline for that one. More on this as the show unfolds. All right, we come back with how well the Cardinals' defense is performing. Could that put extra pressure on the Cardinals' offense? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. From the Achin Community Studios, it is the Wolf and Luke show on a Tuesday. But as Wolf said, it's kind of like a Tuesday. It's kind of like a Friday because we got Thursday night football coming up. When we were out at Cardinals yesterday, class animals. Is it? I was waiting for Wolf to jump in and say something. Well, the only thing I was going to say is I think I could do that dude's voice in the beginning of that. <laughs> something. I'm never going to hear this song again the same way. I'm I mean, I think I could do that. <laughs> hear Wolf doing that voice. Um, we, we talked to Cliff yesterday about the the how Vance Joseph spoke a lot yesterday. I'm going to get some of the Vance Joseph audio instead. But we did talk to Cliff about the potential of, hey, look, the uh, defense is playing so well right now, which you want as the head coach, and the offense is obviously struggling. We don't need a breaking news for that. At, at some point, does the defense look over at the offense and be like, what's going on? <laughs> like, we're holding teams to 19 points and we're not winning. What's happening? Yeah, you know, honestly, can resentment build up in a locker room and can fingers start being pointed by defensive players to offensive players and vice versa? The answer is yes. It can happen. And it has happened, as a matter of fact. Now, we have to go all the way back, at least I do, to Buddy Ryan. Of course, Buddy did it twice. (laughs) Did it with the Super Bowl Chicago Bears. And did it, of course, with the Eagles when he was the head coach there. He pitted his offense against his defense and his defense against his offense, which is inconceivable to truly understand that. Yeah, that's risky. But he wanted to make it about him so much of the time, and that's why he did it in both occasions. Well, Vance Joseph uh, spoke today about uh, what his defense is doing so well. And I'm going to start with this one, Wolf, because this guy was such a topic of conversation in the offseason. Oh, is Zayvon Collins ready to play football? Is he going to be, is he going to have the green dot? Are they going to be able to to keep him on the field? Are they going to have to hide him? He has gotten better. He has definitely gotten better as this season has gone on. He had his first two career sacks on Sunday. Again, it got lost in the shuffle because of the loss, but Zayvon Collins playing well, and uh, Vance Joseph talked about what's clicking for Zaven. I'm not sure if it was a spark, but you know, Zaven's always been a very intentional you know, player. I mean, he, he wants to be good. It took it took some time, obviously, you know, to be a Mike backer in this league and to call this defense with you know with the volume that we have on game day. It's uh, it's tough, you know. But he's a smart guy. He wants to be good, and I'm not sure what clicked, but I think it's just time, you know, time on a job. You know, I mean, you need it. Young guys don't get time to grow these days. You know, you want them to walk in and be, you know, five-year pros, but it doesn't work that way. You know, it takes time for guys to grow into those roles. And as a coach, you got to bounce between winning games and growing young guys. 
you know, I have, I have one job a week to win one game. So I'm playing the best player I can play to win a game. But Isaiah's doing well, and he's coming along, uh, you know, fast right now. Vance is just so calm and matter-of-fact, isn't yeah. he? Like, that's, if you are a, if I were a young linebacker that had just been drafted into the league in the first round, and everybody's like, you better be ready to go game one, first game. Vance Joseph is the guy I'd want to be my defensive coordinator or my coach or whatever. Just be like, we'll get you there. Yeah. <laughs> and he's getting them there. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, Zavin Collins, when you watch him on tape, based on means he's getting better and better and better. He is. Um, it's incremental. There's no doubt. He's taking three steps forward, one step back. That's what I would say right there. But that is that is positive, man. And watching him on tape, his eyes continue to get better. When when Zaven Collins gets it right with his eyes, he's going to be really, really good. Trust me on this one. He's going to be really, really good. He's made a couple of plays that um, I, I look at and I just shake my head. Like how could you? How could you do that? It's still his eyes. By 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 way of example, let me talk about Ben Skoranek. Remember when Ben Skoranek mm-hmm. iso blocked hit Zayvon Collins? He's been better since then. He's been better since then. But remember that play, and suddenly Cam Akers scored a touchdown against the Rams, and how inconceivable it was that you had a two hundred twenty four pound wide receiver iso block. Zayvon Collins and do his job and just stone Zayvon Collins, let alone hurt Zayvon Collins, and the play work. Um, you know what? I, I I have received some information from some people that would know um, that Zayvon didn't think he was going to block him. He thought he was going to run by him. He didn't even brace to block him. And that is right there. That is the reason why that happened. And you know what that says? That says his eyes are still not where they need to be. But they will. They will be where they need to be that's at fixable. some point. And that's fixable. Yeah. That's what that just was so, duh. No wonder why it looked like that. A guy who's 260 pounds, he didn't think he was going to hit him. He thought he was going to release by him because that's what Ben Skoranek does as well. They line him up, and they run right at the mic, and then he goes right by you down the field. See, so his eyes are still from time to time getting sideways on him. Hey, listen, right now, Zayvon Collins... For for anybody that was nervous about Zayvon Collins, and I'm raising my hand because I was early in this season. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Not again. Here we go. What? Zayvon Collins? He's going to be fine. And when that light does go on in that shed, which I expect as this season goes along, he's going to be a playmaker. It was funny the way you said that. Of I've received some information from some people. Yeah, I, I honestly thought you were going to talking. be like, but the way you said it, it was your tone. It was going. I thought you were going to follow it up with, I got this email and I am entitled to three hundred million dollars if I just give them my <laughs> social security number. That's the way you said it. Was, it. it was not. No, it was not. They just conversations with people that would know, and and it makes so much sense. This kid is trying to play chess. When all he's learned is checkers. He's trying to play chess. And the kid is so bright. He's getting it. It's it's boom. It's coming along where he's... he. Man, I, I am so encouraged based on what I saw. Nine, nine tackles from Zayvon Collins. Two sacks in the last game. Guess what? Get ready for more. 
He also, too, did you see him drop off into coverage and bat a ball down? This is exactly what they thought they were going to have from a Mike linebacker who is 6'4", 260 pounds. It's, it's encouraging, and man, is it frustrating. Because if you had, if you had told me during the preseason, Zayvon Collins is going to be good and getting better, I'd have been like, all right. Cardinals are set. Here he is. Good right. and getting better. The Cardinals right. are two and four. Uh, uh, and their defense is playing out of its out of its mind right now. It is. And the reason being, a big part of it is Zayvon Collins. Uh, how about Vance Joseph? Says the plan against Seattle was to stop Tyler Lockett and TK Metcalf. Yeah, that's everybody's plan against Seattle, except the Cardinals actually did it. That was the plan, you know, with 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 bouncing stopping Walker, you know. I knew Walker was a special player and that's that's going to be a task for a long time to get him stopped i mean he's a special back and the more he plays the better he's going to get obviously a young guy right but um he made us miss in a you know in a box you know four or five times and he had two big runs early and he made four guys miss you know so he's going to be a task in the future but it's always a balancing act between you know playing shell and stopping those guys and loading a box to stop a guy like walker you know and gino's playing so good right now it, it was it was tough to balance it but you know murph had some one-on-ones with dk he won yeah, that's huge for us you know and obviously marco won some one-on-ones also early in the game so that's that's always a good thing to win one-on-ones when you're called upon and then obviously on third third down down and longer downs, we can play more shell and help those guys. But it's a bouncing act on game day. Um, Byron Murphy, what are you becoming? What are you becoming, dude? Because it looks real good. Trust me on that one right now on tape. Um, this guy has taken on the other receivers. Um, not all the time 100% ghost. Not an all-the-time shadow yeah. by Byron Murphy. But for the most part, he has taken on the other team's best receiver. And can I point to any game in which their best receiver lit up Byron Murphy? Not, no, no, no. And I think it's important what you said, too. You're watching the tape. So this is not just, well, you know, DK Metcalf didn't have any good numbers. Must have been Byron Murphy. No, no, you're saying watching the tape and even the plays where they're not throwing anywhere near him, Byron Murphy looks good. Byron Murphy looks really, really good. And one, it wasn't like he was ghosting DK Metcalf 100% of the time. He was not. No. It was Tyler Lockett. And He's this, the one that usually burns the Cardinals, exactly. not Exactly. It was yeah. one of the reasons why I wanted to know, is that the way to do it? Maybe that is. And you put a safety over the top of DK Metcalf. And Marco Wilson did a nice job as well. Man, I'll tell you what. The cornerback room and the cornerback issue and how we were all worried about the cornerback thing. And and honestly, still am <laughs> to some degree. Now we were just and what, still are. Uh, these guys have stepped up and balled out. What if man. we just only talk about the defense for the rest of the season? We okay. just, that's, I feel That'd like it's great. healthier for all of us. All right, coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It is the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.